0: It's hard to believe that it's been a full 365 days since we first started this podcast. It does kind of go by quick. Uh, I was like looking at it like when we were planning out for this week, I was like looking at the calendar and I'm like, we totally started the Twitter account on this day. And then when this episode drops, it will be actually it will be 364 days when this episode drops from our first episode drop. So I guess I am a little premature, but it will be 365 days on Thursday as we're recording on Tuesday. But um, yeah, kind of crazy that I, I didn't like, I don't think anyone plans for like a podcast to like fail when you start one, but like, I wasn't thinking like a year in advance where we would be.
1: Yeah, definitely not. Especially after our, our history of yours and I, previous pi- podcast, was, uh, are
0: we talking cause... about the two, the two episode run.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's amazing.
0: It's amazing. Gl- I will never, I will never tell anyone where to find that. I'm the glue. You are a glue guy. Yeah you're the uh uh i'm trying to think you're the tage thompson of this podcast that might be yeah. a little bit that may, th- i don't know if we could talk about that extension at the end but holy that just came down like five minutes before we started cool.
2: yeah yeah that's hefty
0: that is that is something um real <laughs> quick um but yeah um yeah everyone welcome into the production line podcast we this is episode 49 of the podcast um after a year, we're at over 50,000 downloads. So I appreciate all of you. That's awesome. Like, I've never thought we'd be at that number at this point. But uh, big things ahead. I'm excited for what next year brings with a more exciting Red Wings team. But we got plenty of stuff to talk about um, after as we've been off for a little bit. But luckily, the Red Wings did give us a signing to start off with. So we'll start off with uh, Phillips uh you know, the most polarizing player on the, the roster for the past two seasons. Resigns three years. 1.825 really like gives me like the Michael Rasmussen vibes of like the three-year contract for a guy coming off of kind of whatever year. And the AV is not that much different. Um, I mean, I did just finish up an article that was like projecting his contract. And I basically, what I was looking at it was like top 10 draft picks of past draft picks from like recent years that are around Zidina's age at the time of re-signing. And they are all like two, three-year deals around $2 million. So I guess it's like, I'm not surprised about it at all. And also I'll start with, I love the contract. I think it's a great contract.
2: It's yeah. a very flexible contract. Um, things don't work out. You can easily move him for a team that's interested and your roster starts to, start to soak up more space um, and you don't have that space for him anymore. Um, I like it a lot too. I think it's really good value because he is a guy that you still don't know. Could he pop? I like it. Andy?
1: Yeah, I, I agree. It's the same way. Um, like, obviously, we're not in salary cap troubles at all, but it's a small, ter- well, three year term. So it's a prove-it contract. He's not getting overpaid by any means. Like, I, he's worth 1.85 or 2.5, or whatever it is, right? Yeah, 1.825. One yeah. And then also, like, if he doesn't seem to find a fit here still in the next year or so, or even by the end of this year or whatever, he's also trade bait for a contender for just a young depth player type thing because he still is young. He's 23, right? He's a 99.
0: He's going to be He's gonna be 23. Uh, 98. He's, no, he's a 99. He's a 99? Yeah, yeah. drafted oh, 2018.
2: Right. That's right. That's
0: right. Yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll be 23 in November, I think is when his birthday is. Okay,
1: so he's still 22. Uh, yeah. You know, there's, there's, I mean, if somebody's willing to take a flyer on it just to kind of maneuver cap space as well, get a player in that's you can fit in the lineup somewhere to go on a run. I mean, obviously, he's not the first person that comes to my mind, but it's
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I it's think, at the, yeah, the very least 1.8 million is his value right now. If he does not get any better through these three years, we're paying fair value for a third for a third line winger.
1: Right.
0: Who has the ability to put up right now like if he would have played a full I think he's closer to 30 points, which is third line production. Yeah. What the issue is is obviously people connect where he is right now to where his draft slot was and how he talked after being drafted. Um there's still so much. I th- I still think there's plenty of upside, like second line forward, like guy who can put up 20 to 25 goals, 45, 50 points a year, playing in the right situation. And I think this is like Derek LaLone's like really, like his first kind of big test is how how much can you get out of players like a Philip Sedina, Joe Valeno, and a Michael Rasmussen, guys who have were first round picks, but haven't really been able to pop yet. I mean, aside from Rasmussen's last month and a half, last season where he did pop, but I mean, other than that, like they've been guys who've kind of been a little quiet to start the year. I mean, Joe Valeno did plays just his first full season. So maybe unfair of me to add him into that, but you know what I mean? Like guys who still have yet to show their full potential and with yeah. a coach like that kind of need to, Whether with, with the position the Red Wings need to be like are in right now and want to be in is you're banking on guys taking that next, next step and pushing your team over the next level. Exactly. Um, Yeah, I still and I also like that he's still an RFA at the end of this. That should be also noted. The team has full control of this whole situation, and also the year this expires, the cap is projected to jump ten million dollars. So best case scenario, he pops off. He's you know pretty close to what we expected initially, like thirty goals scored, and we'll have plenty of cap space in time to adjust for that, which is which is great. Um, I guess kind of my question is moving forward as we all want him to pop off and we saw his glimpses and it, I, I loved like the, how like game to game basis. I remember like week to week in the podcast, we'd be like, wow, he's really in a bad place. And then he would like score one goal and we'd be like, all right, he's coming now. So it's just, it's just kind of interesting, uh, how it changed week to week. It seemed like, but how do, where do we see Xena's best fit on the, on this roster right now? best fit yeah like who's he playing with what line what's his deployment look like
2: uh for the team or for him for himself personally and then we could do the team perspective as well personally i would say deployed with a second line with two or second or third line minutes with two guys that are really good offensively um for the team all right, do you want to touch on all three of us on personally first or can I dive into the team because Oh, go I'm, for it. Let it run. Yeah, I think this team best suited without him. <laughs> what? <laughs> I really? honest, I honestly don't know. Nah, that's a little much. Sorry. Yeah. Um the team is best suited with him on the third line. Okay. I was going to be like without him, like Yeah. We just said it was a good
0: contract. It'd be pretty contradictory
2: of like being yeah. like, Yeah,
0: it's garbage, he's garbage. Um, but like who like ideally, like, who do you would you want him playing with?
2: Basically, my third line would look like suitors, Adina, and Verana. Okay. But for, per- for him, I think a second line with cop and verana would be really interesting. And I think that might be his best suited for personal, but for team wise, I-, I like that third line.
0: Yeah, and it worked last year, right? Yeah. I mean, you saw the, I mean, it was the second line last year, but Pew Suter's pretty reliable defensively. Um, gets He's a good distributor and he can score the occasional goal. Verona just creates nothing out of something. No, creates something out of nothing. That, that I, I messed that up. That's on me. <laughs> uh, and Zena, like, he showed... He's he's actually shown more playmaking than scoring at this point in his career. And playing with a guy of, like Verano would give him that another guy like that. My only question is, like, does, like, Derek Lalonde care
2: about having that matchup third line? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but oh, you can always have a matchup fourth line. I just think that your third line can just dominate then. Yeah. I mean, Zadina, when he's been playing with the top-of-the-line players, it's always been on a first line. Like, when he got bumped up to play with Larkin and Raymond, he's playing mm-hmm. on a first line. So he has those first-line matchups to worry about, too. Mm-hmm. I think letting him go loose on a third or second line with talented players might be yeah. really interesting to look at. Um, At this stage... In Zedina's development, I'm not the most gung-ho about how much upside there is anymore. But I do think he's still a good, a usable middle to bottom six player. Right.
1: Andy? Um, Yeah. I'm kind of pretty much in the same boat. Like, for his personal growth and stuff like that, I'd like to see him get a chance maybe through preseason. Like on the top, or I guess in the middle six, but probably second line and maybe even to start the year, like, you know, you never know what's going to happen hopefully no significant injuries or anything like that to core members of the upfront roster, or well, any of the roster, I guess really. But yeah, I think I like for team wise, he fits in on the third line. and then like, even so that would raise us some questions is like, who are we going to fill in there? Like what do you see our lineups being like going into the training camp? Like before, yeah.
0: I mean like oh. cons- consensus, like all fans kind of have Burt, Larkin Raymond, Verona Cop, Peron, and then Kubelik Suter, Zadina. I'm not like too enthused with that third line. Not I think that's a lot of like like Kubalik, I think is a kind of a passenger player. Not nothing against him, but like he- he's proven that like he needs a guy who's kind of like digging in the corners and you get it to him, he's a quick shot. Not like
1: a, a player.
0: Not like Verona, where he can create like off a loose puck. Kubelik's just not like that. And uh, again, like you need guys like that on your team who's like can sh- can score that one shot. That's a game changer. So that's why I, I kind of love like the Kubelik cop fit. If you fit him in with cop, because cop kind of like, I know like it's he's not as good as Jonathan Taze, but like if we're going to go stylistically, I think like the way Jonathan Taze plays is not that much dissimilar to Andrew Cop.
1: Right, I, I, that's actually a good comparison.
0: So and, that's who, was, and that's who he had, had his most the success pedal. with.
1: Yeah. It
0: was Taze. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm kind of like – I'm with Grant. Like, realistically, I would probably say Verona, Suter, Zadina. For, like, my third line, it would give him the most success. And, and if they're playing in a more of a skilled, like, offensive zone starts and stuff like that, I'm pretty comfortable with that. But also my chaotic one, I know you guys said – or Grant said didn't want him in a first-line role. But I would kind of love to see a Larkin Perron Zadina line. Prawn gives you that really solid defensive guy who's also can put up points like no one's business. Dylan Larkin taking that next step and have Zadina with Larkin who showed flashes of being really good. I don't know. I'm kind of like in the camp. Maybe this is a different conversation for another time of how Lucas Raymond. I kind of want him to be a driver of his own line. And I'm, kind of
2: I'm all for Lucas Raymond being on his own line but to me i don't see zadina being an answer on the first line i just you haven't seen any consistency offensively and defensively for that matter from him in the last 3 years i i personally if you want to get lucrative i wouldn't mind seeing kubalik on the first line as a passenger player like yeah with larkin and bertuzzi and then you have raymond copp and Perron. I would love to see Raymond and Perron play on the same line. That'd be, That'd be a lot of fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Those are two guys that I want to see play together. I also think, like, cop could be really good for Zadina too because he kind of brings that heavy motor that can yep. kind of just make Zadina's life maybe a little more unstressful. I don't know. You have a lot more you can do with line combinations this year than you have had in recent years. So... I'm not too worried about it. Well,
1: then that's we kind of like... We also have go. a factor, like, when Fabry gets back, because here like, solidified, like, 3C. So, well, then what do we do with Suter on that case? Like...
0: Yeah, I mean, Fabry's such an interesting one because it's, like, it's also how he's going to come back. Right now, like, I'm not even factoring him in because I don't think it's... First of all, I don't think it's fair to him, like, to guess kind of where he's going to be. I think he's going to be kind of slow played and he might take a fourth-line wing spot to start and kind of see where he's at. Um but like I kind of see there's competition for that third line center spot. I mean again, we'll talk about that more towards training camp, but right now, I think Shooter's kind of the presumed guy and I'm comfortable saying that he is. But there's going to be some competition for that 3C spot. All right. Uh but yeah, Zadina, he's I know he hasn't shown that much, but I mean, again, I think there's there's more there. It's just the question of how you get it out of him. Um, I did see something like I was listening to someone, I don't remember where it was from, but like how they don't really believe in busts. It's only the situation that they're put in. And I kind of like the phrasing of that. Cause like guys are drafted in positions high for a reason. It's just more so like how the development goes is the biggest question whether or not a player becomes a quote unquote bust.
1: Right. And that's where like Lalonde's, Lalonde's role, role comes in like this yep. year. How is he going to fit with Zadina? rasmussen can you get that same performance and um production out of rasmussen that he ended the year on last year with yep Zadina is like the big question mark i guess right now like the, for the offensive side of the game like we also all-
0: power play too like yeah, where definitely- you're where are you how are you deploying this power play because there's a lot of there's a lot of half all guys now and
2: and someone might need to become a net front guy that's design. where that's another thing with Zadina. There's no room for him on a power play.
1: Yeah,
2: I don't see that. Yeah,
0: well, I know that's what I'm saying. Cause like, uh, uh, Steve Eisenman, his pr- post free agency thing made, made it very clear that Andrew Kopp was going to be a, a bumper guy, that they liked his ability to play the bumper. So it with the signing of Kubelik, cause Kubelik is a wicked one timer. He's not playing net front. Jacob Verona certainly is playing, not playing net front. So you kind of run into this, uh, whereas David Perron's definitely not playing net front. Lucas Raymond, no. Elmer Soderblom. Oh, yeah, I mean, I guess the only like natural one I'd think of is Michael Rasmussen. Besides Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi, obviously, but like on the other unit. Unless you run it completely different where you're working it all behind the net and trying to do pop-out plays. But again, there's no traffic for shots. So I don't really see the success
2: in that. The yeah, Milano can also play net front. He can. That's another guy. That's yeah, really that's interesting. There. I. I just Zadina can't play anywhere besides outside the dots. That's another thing with him, and his specialty is supposed to be outside the dots on the power play. And personally, I don't see him being a better fit than anybody.
0: I will give him like the the benefit. Like he did score most of his goals like last season on the power play.
2: Yeah, but granted, granted where, he didn't have a lot of goals. Where is he gonna score his goals now? That's my question.
0: I know. Yeah, yeah it is a big thing. I Cause, agree.
2: Because Kubelik's more deadly, and is yep. more deadly, and then you have Peron and Raymond on the other side. Yep. And
1: and even so, if we talk about like and out. Philip
2: Peronic too, and you have Horonic, which I think Peronic will quarterback. Yeah, year. but he, but I would say like he's still more. He could be a bumper as well if needed.
1: Like, even if, like, if we're going to use the like load behind the net power plane for those pop-up plays, you still need a guy like Perron who will go to the front of the net, like off, come off the wall,
2: mm. like
1: you go to the front of the net. I don't see Z- Zadina doing that at all. So, like, he's literally has no room on the power. I was player.
0: suggesting that he'd be the guy behind the net, that he, but then yeah. he's not a shooter, that he's not a shooter at all, which is kind of his biggest strength. So, it's again kind of goes back to. Who knows what his fit's going to be. Again, this is where he needs to... There's obviously a spot he's competing for, and this is what he needs to do. He needs to compete and show his worth. Which the Red Wings are giving him an opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, I... uh, Man, he's still polarizing. But again, I'm I'm excited about the three-year term. I am. And like you guys said, it's very movable if it comes to the point where it needs to be moved.
1: I, yeah, at this point, I see someone has to go because like we have Fabric who's in IR. Yeah, Rasmussen, Valeno. you have like Giovanni Smith, or, like who's you know I mean like we have so many like forwards that are all Matisse
2: Brome, fun. Thomas Vanek, maybe <laughs> maybe Fabian, Fabian, Fabian Bronstrom. It's just like everyone's it's yeah. back. everyone's back and like it's Jacob like De, La and... De La Rose got traded back. It's it's a mess it right now. Guys
1: that don't know their like solidified role outside the top six, really.
0: And again, but like also like I think it's kind of like we're overstepping a little bit if we're like, all right, we need to trade someone off when we haven't proven anything. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like let the season ride out as it is right now, which is what I've been planning on doing. You have some healthy competition, which is a first in a long time. And oh. then you worry about roster decisions when Fabry comes back, whether it be simple as waivers or a trade.
2: Well, I, you don't really worry about it until a guy like Sadin is getting pushed off the roster. Yes. At that point, you have to buy into his value and make a trade in my opinion. Like if he's just getting completely outplayed by like one of the guys that's, I mean, like Bergeron. I think, think we all expected him to be on the roster this year correct yeah That's in like a, february I, yeah before all these free agent signs, yeah. signings we all expected him to be on the roster um i said there was a good there was a chance he'd spend time in the AHL but i thought at, at least at some point he would be on the team what if he shows up at camp now and has a chip and just completely outplays zadina
1: yeah which is I mean, totally
2: it's totally possible and Zenita's
1: so not the only one either. Like Rasmussen, he's so inconsistent, been so inconsistent. And Villano still hasn't like proven a whole lot, although he hasn't been given the opportunity.
2: No, just the only thing with Rasmussen, I argue, I'm quick to argue for his behalf right now is his just his size and right. the ability to play th- through the lineup in kind of different plug and play positions. Whereas right. Zadina, that's not the case he doesn't have that size and he's not a guy that's going to be relied on on the penalty kill. Um, My, my hot take is Michael Rasky since third line center opening night. I won't be surprised.
0: Um, He beats up Pew Suter. That's my hot take. Be interesting. I just think, I just think like for the value of having that big of a center and how strong he finished, I think he's going to get every chance to be that guy. Right. And fine, and I, and I hope he does great with it. I really do.
1: Yeah, ultimately, I see him ending up the season on the wing.
2: What what player in the forward core are you most curious about what happens with?
0: Okay, so this is kind of perfect. So I was just going to go into make or, make or break players. So it's kind of like is the same conversation. Most curious about in the forward core? Man, it has to be Philip Adina, no?
2: Mine's Joe Valeno. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Yeah. Joe Valeno showed games of dominance last year. Then he was also
0: invisible some nights, too. I'm going to play Devil's yeah. Advocate. Not
2: not in, like, a bad, invisible way. Like, he wasn't – you weren't noticing him. Like, holy man, is he bad. It's just you didn't notice him.
0: Right. And that's tough for a guy who – I like, I'm writing an article right now about guys who are make-or-break make players. And, like, the one thing that's working against Joe Valeno right now is his ability to be sent down to Grand Rapids without waivers. Yep. If Steve Eisman wants to be a good guy and wants to hold on to a Johnny Smith as a scratch, I mean, which makes more sense than like if you don't see Joe Valeno as being a full time player, it doesn't make any sense to have him in the press box if you don't have to. I agree. But it's just tough. You know what I mean? I, I again, I, I still think he makes the roster, but I'm just saying if we, like, if he doesn't have a great camp, that's an easy move
2: right there. I think, yeah. I mean, a guy like Adam Ernie, if he doesn't have a great camp, I think he's, yeah. He could be toast.
0: I think. I think he's. he's gonna, give, I think he's yeah. going to be the third. I think he's going to be the thirteenth forward personally. But
2: yeah, it's just that fourth line is going to be really interesting at that point in time yeah. without a guy like Giovanni or Ernie on it. Good. Yeah, we have Sun. We have Sundquist. That's true. We got Sunquist. We got the physicality. We're all set. Um, I guess we talked about Zadina. We talked we have about we're... Gustav Lindstrom on the back end. He can play, f- he's physicality. He's a big body presence. He likes to scrap a little bit. Next, next Mark Pissik. Let's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's throw him on forward. Yeah.
0: Throw him um, on forward. So we kind of talked about Joe Valena. We talked about Zadina. Another guy who I think is going to make or break its season um, for different reasons is Heronic. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about that as well. Make or break it in the sense of, okay, he's not a second-pairing defenseman.
1: Yeah, I mean. Yeah, that didn't even, like, to, like, elaborate, kind of, like, is he a part of this core moving forward or not as well? Correct. Yeah. Because
0: yeah. last season, he's kind of proven that he's a one-dimensional defenseman. He can put up points, like, the counting stats. Not to, like, an elite level, though, like, where I'm like, okay, I'm willing to work past, like, his defensive deficiencies. Because he only had, like, he had 36, 35 Something like that. He's No, 37 points, I think, is what he was at. Which, good season. But, like, if you're not bringing anything defensively, it's kind of tough. Like, I think the corpse of Keith Yandel could probably still put up 40, 30 points.
1: Well, that and also, like, we don't have a strong d to move around that. Like... Yes, like exactly. If there's like, a second-line pairing with a solid shutdown defenseman, and he's getting 37 points, that's fantastic. Sure, why not? Like... Yeah. You, you can move around it. Like, you don't have, like, a fifth, sixth defenseman, or even, like, a fourth, fifth, sixth defenseman that can shut down the opposition where he's just out there freelancing, putting up points and still being a minus player, which, I mean, Red Wings, a lot of people were, most people were, but I think everyone Yeah, yeah,
0: I'm not really weighing plus minus. Like, I think that's kind of a – it's it's a dumb stat, to be honest. But, like, if you look at his impacts, like, analytically and also if you just watch a game, he's constantly getting outworked in corners and
2: getting beaten to loose pucks. I I try to stay out of this conversation a little bit because – when I watch Philip Peronis' game, sometimes I just scratch my head. He is one of the most difficult players to watch on the face of this earth. And one time he'll just do this outstanding thing, and then the next play is just atrocious, and he'll just bobble a puck or something. And it's, and it's just
0: like when you look at like when he first joined the Red Wings, when the Red Wings were terrible, 1920 Red Wings, he was good. He was a yeah. good player. Maybe it was Patrick Nemeth. Maybe Patrick Nemeth is the answer here. Yeah, he, he was a glue. He's the glue. Sure. Uh, yeah. Um, he's kind of like a guy for me. Maybe Ali Mata's the next Patrick Nemeth and gets the best out of him. I don't know. I hope so. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I know Grant and I, we've kind of like we're t- and Andy I mentioned it as well. We, we weren't crazy about the idea of Simon Edmondson being his babysitter, but who knows?
2: Maybe Hironik starts to pull his own and then Edmondson earns his time up on the second pair this year.
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: I'm not so quick to jump on Edvinson even making the roster. I still this, think. I still, I still. At this think point he's, in time, thank you, um, I think there's a. I think it's just up to him, essentially. I think he had a pretty poor World Juniors. Um, it was okay. It was poor for him. I mean, granted, he was
0: also dealing with like pretty messed up stomach and an injury, so he was.
2: I'm just saying. It was he did not play well.
0: To his expectations, okay. yes, he was bad. But like, yes. if we're judging him against other players, I think he was just middle of the pack. He was fine. He was did fine. All,
1: did you listen to like my? Because I know when we we're recording last one and talking about Edmondson, you stepped out of the room. Did you listen to lad last podcast I was on, or I guess it was our last podcast? What I yeah. said about my analysis analysis of his game,
0: the whatever the three steps in, out of the zone.
1: Well, that were like it was more or less of his like his play like he goes from playing with pro guys which you know they're going to be doing their jobs they're going to be in the right spots it's a lot faster pace and kind of like smoother transition to where he's going back to playing with junior kids where it's not everything's not as smooth and he also feels that pressure where he has to be the number one guy so he's out stepping his shoes a little bit which makes him play worse
0: Yeah, Sweden also just sucked in general
1: yeah Yeah. they were not
2: he was they were disappointing. Putting too much on himself and the amount of pucks he coughed up for was, was a very high amount. I'm not a counting numbers guy, but there were a lot of pucks coughed up by Simon.
0: Yeah, it's like the high school stat sheet for when you're when you're injured in high school hockey. You gotta, yeah, you gotta count turnovers for the team. And
2: then like you just
0: don't count your friends' turnovers, basically. Yeah, that's the good stuff. Yeah. It's right there. Sorry, sorry, heasy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> i never did uh, that yeah no i never did that no but no um okay, other course. back
1: all right yeah, andy it. we'll see, ya. see, we'll see andy. you see you andy until next time have fun yeah we will we will love, we will. love, love you, love
0: wow. you. bye. Took you, a little, took you a little bit to admit that you're right yeah <laughs> love's not real no never <laughs> um guess going back into other make or break players <laughs> as we kind of keep going with this without Andy. I know I'm all sad now. Giovanni um, Smith, we talked about him quickly. Definitely a make or break year.
2: Yeah, I would say I would lean more towards the break instead of a make. I don't really see any room for him on many NHL rosters, let alone this roster. Well, Jay Beagle is out
0: of a job in Arizona,
2: and Trevor Zegras has been known to try the
0: Michigan, so Giovanni <laughs> Smith could be a natural natural fit back um yeah i agree i love how andy just sends a text now about being late i was i was gonna say something on the on air but i didn't want to like bring attention to it but now i am because he just said he was gonna be late that's hilarious (laughs) that's that's funny answer him when you get a chance but like yeah no Giovanni smith is he showed like there was a couple games last year i would say like five where i'm like Giovanni's on one the new york islanders game stands out to me had a goal
2: and an assist yeah he was he was cruising he was going that game. Snipes All I can okay. say is put him on McDavid's wing. Kenny. Next Pat Maroon. Next Pat Maroon. There we go. Uh, no, I think, like, I
0: think Giovanni Smith could be, like, a 12th forward on a team, but I don't know. We just don't have the room right now. And I think, do, okay, the question is, does he bring more value than Adam Ernie to a lineup? I would say yes.
2: Hmm. I would say no.
0: Uh, my only my – only, like looks-
2: Okay, can you rephrase that? Do you like him better than Adam Ernie? Yes. <laughs> would you prefer him on the roster over Adam Ernie? Yes. Do I think his game has more values in it? No. I think Adam Ernie provides speed and physicality. Speed? Yes, he is a very fast player when his feet are moving. Um, he also provides a lot of irrelevancy on most nights, but I'm saying when he's got his horse going, he's fast and he hits. And he I'm plays. Not gonna lie. There's nothing plays funnier. Th- there's nothing funnier than Adam Ernie rush up the ice. There's
0: nothing funnier. Like every
2: every time he goes on a rush, I walk out the room. Because I don't even want to. My see favorite it. is when he
0: just takes it around the net and just like blindly throws it in front, hoping and something would happen.
2: Nothing happens at all.
0: It's like a way worse version of Dylan Larkin in his rookie year. Yeah. Oh, but no, yeah. Giovanni Smith. He does got he does have the fisticuffs though. And he actually can hold his own in a fight where Adam Ernie got dummied by who do you get dummied by in Tampa? Or who he got dummyed by someone It was like a couple punches and done. This year, I don't know. I shouldn't. I shouldn't judge. I would get dummied in an NHL fight pretty quickly as well.
2: Oh, that's gonna bug me. You
0: know what I'm talking about, though, right? Are you just gonna go to hockey fights, find it? But no, Adam Ernie. Again, he has that. He has that. Like not great season, but he had a pretty good season relative for the 2020-2021 Red Wings.
2: He had a very good season for himself.
0: For himself, and it was mostly towards the end. He was nearly a half a point per game player, and was loving the first power play point like action which good for him and he banks out gets a four million dollar contract and then now he's at a point where oh boy where where am I in the lineup yeah so it's tough and I would throw him as a make or break player as well because
2: I can't can't find it but wasn't it was it last year the year before it was last year it was last year I thought it was Barkley Goodrell for some reason
0: yeah, I think it was Barkley Goudreau. I don't know. Never mind. It was. Never mind. It was Tampa, I think we're talking about. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, wanted but to I, say think Tampa it, I don't think it when was. When he was on when, Tampa, yeah. Yeah. So maybe it was he, the year didn't before. Didn't he fight? Who did he fight on New York last year? On the Isles? Isles. Was was it, was. it was someone young, wasn't it? Or was it Wallstrom? Might have been Wallstrom. Because didn't he? Who did he hit? He, he crushed someone on open eyes. Yeah. I and think then it was Wallstrom,
0: Wallstrom dropped him. Yeah, that was bad. But anyway, yeah. Adam Ernie, I'm throwing also in a make or break here because he's never really proven himself to be a good player in the NHL. Not trying to be mean. But he's 27, coming on a contract. He's he's end of a contract. Like This is going to seriously impact your next contract when I mean, you're making $2 million right now. Probably at this point, you're not making anywhere close to that in your next deal. Yeah. Luckily, it'll be a one-way. Lucky if you're going to be a one-way. So big year for him, definitely, to prove it. Uh, my last
2: guy I have on the list, I don't know if you want to throw any more after this, but I got Jake Wallman. Jake Wallman. Um... Yes and no. I, he's kind of put in a tough spot because of the injury. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess it is kind of a make or break with him in Detroit. Yes. He's in a really bad spot, too. I, I would say that's more of a just a break.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, the writers Wings go out, they sign a Robert Hag. They have Mark Pissick, who actually, looking at it more, like that injury, Mark Pissick will probably miss most of the year. Like, he, he'll be lucky to play. I think Mark Pissick's lucky to see 20 games. Yeah. Which is super unfortunate because I was really excited for him. Really excited relative to a bottom pairing defenseman. But, yeah, yeah I, I digress. Um, But, yeah, Jake Wallman coming into Detroit, like, showed some promise, but then he kind of struggled towards the end. But he was also playing with Gus Lindstrom, who was really, really bad at the end of the year. Um, but he has the ability to play that more up-tempo game, which, uh, you know, it's a little bit rarer for a bottom pair guy to do, but he brings something that a lot of guys in Detroit don't have, which could be valuable.
2: It's just how good is Edo? And know, there's, there's – I just don't see fit in Detroit with him anymore. With all the – the moves made and then if you take into effect of what's coming up on the left-handed side of things a lot and you sign Sherat to the big deal mm-hmm. um, I don't like Walman's chances of sticking around I think there's still a good player in there Um, man I would love to see him go to a team like San Jose or something yeah and like a kind of a funnish team or a team that needs a lot of help.
0: <laughs> yeah, Detroit
2: last year was like the perfect spot
0: for him because they had all the space in the world. Yep. Now he's going to be coming in behind the eight ball with injury. I did see him training fully with his shoulder at the Biosteel camp, though. I don't know if That's you saw good. that. I don't know if I you saw the video. Him and Fabry are both going pretty, pretty well in the training video. And obviously, training so much different than actually playing yeah and i know people will see them train and be like oh why can't they play it's like well yeah. it's a little bit different
2: why can't yeah. they play though i i don't get it what do you mean why can't they play if they're training
0: i mean they're not going full out i'm on kidding
2: the yeah i was i thought you were like being
0: serious for a second but yeah no i did see him like working his shoulder and like the re like um in like rehab wise i think he was using some bands and stuff which is good to see I, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't even that shoulder. I don't I, I think don't it was ever to disclose, disclose what shoulder it was. So I did see a video of him lifting, but it could have been the, the other shoulder. Uh, but yeah, like I kind of like this is where Edmondson kind of gets that runway for me because you're competing with Robert Hagg or Jordan Osterley. And for that left hand spot. I mean, uh, again, we talked about Robert Hagg also playing the right side, which I do see as a possibility. But like I don't know, Jordan Osterley and Robert Hag shouldn't. If Simon Edmondson is better than them, they're not. It's not going to be an issue getting rid of one of
2: those guys. Yeah, I don't know. Just after what I saw, I'm I'm curious about a couple other things too. Um, How so? Like which ones? In the World Juniors, from what I watched, I, I am a little curious on now. I think I know. Like we talk about, there's the three. NHLers that you have signed on the roster of um, Hag, Lindstrom, and Osterley. I, I don't see a way that Osterley plays in the lineup right away. I don't. I, I don't either. Um, he just isn't good at being a bottom pair defenseman. Um, I am curious about like an Albert Johansson right now. Okay, um, whether or not how he competes for kind of a battle or a spot in the lineup i mean he's a guy that's been shadowed over his whole time as a prospect in my eyes he's never been talked about ever yeah compar- comparatively um you look at him he's 21 uh, there's a lot of upside with him and from also the way also you that other
0: power play guy
2: also, gives you another power play guy. And from the way that Edvinson showcased at the World Juniors, um, and that's not to say how things are going to go in training camp, if things go the same way, I'm not opposed to starting him in Grand Rapids. Oh, no, no, no. And again, I think, like, I, I'm happy
0: either way that he's just over here. Yep. And I think if anyone's like worried about Edvinson because he starts in Grand Rapids, first of all, he's 19. And Moe also had two years before
2: he joined the NHL. Exactly. So
0: hold the brakes.
2: Um it's yeah. just he's such a powerful skater. And he's very good with his stick and good in the defenses. He's actually good in all areas of the ice. He just um, I'm just kind of being a little more pessimistic towards him right now since he did have a a weakish world juniors right um i do think there's opportunity for Johansson. do i think it's gonna happen no we're both zero no
0: i i love Vero. no i know i don't think he's ready yet either but like he's a guy i'm like i he's definitely a bottom pair guy at some point yep he's not ready um, no
2: he's just so mobile and he's efficient. He's mobile, calm, and he's just cool in the D zone. Otherwise, he doesn't do a whole lot, which yep. is that's what you need from a bottom-pairing guy. Do I yeah, think that's he's pro- ready? No. Not, no. Um, I just liked, I his, like world, I liked his World Juniors. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of at the same stage for me as Sobrango. Yep. Maybe a little... Eh, I don't know. They're probably pretty similar in my eyes. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. Um. I do think Albert coming into camp is going to be one of the more interesting defensemen to watch because yep. I do, do think he's kind of a boom player. Um, Agreed. I think it's the,
0: the worst, like the, like the most boring case scenario. It's not the worst case. I should, it's the most boring case scenario. You have Hag and Lindstrom. You have Hag and Lindstrom as the bottom pair. You have Oshley as your extra. And then you carry um, 14 forwards with Ernie and um, oh. Smith. So yeah. then you don't have to worry about the whole waiver situation and all that fun stuff. It's a very um, easy cut and dry roster.
2: Yeah. I I lean towards the Edvinson idea that he's going to make the team out of yep, camp. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, but I am cautious with that right now.
0: Yeah. I, I, personally, my, my opinion hasn't changed at all. I don't think like an August tournament really sways my opinion at all, as most guys
2: aren't even playing at that high of a level at this point in the summer. Yeah, I I just – I value the idea of a guy spending some time in the minors if they don't oh, yeah. completely ready. Sure, and I completely – like, if, if he's in that situation where he's not fully ready, by all means. Because if I'm going off his skating and ability to use a stick, yeah, sure, he's ready. But when you're talking about coughing up pucks and other stuff like that, which – to be fair, he, I did. He was see great much. in the SHL. Yeah, he was great in the SHL. I did not see much of it, and I watched a lot of him. Um, so that's, it's, it is, like you said, it is an August tournament. Um, yep.
0: I think it's great that he gets us out now, Not in pre and hopefully
2: it's gone in preseason. It's kind of we
0: I'm looking glass half full
2: here. Yeah. Uh, Good. I was just going to say, I don't know. Albert Johansson is very interesting to me right at this stage in time. I agree. It's between, like, if we're going to have fun, it's between those two. Yes, and I would give it 80 20 to Edmondson. Yeah. Almost 90 10. Um, yes. It's high.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, I guess kind of wrap up like the make or break players. I know Andy wanted me to mention Michael Rasmussen, but like I kind of feel like he had his make or break year last year.
2: Yeah. I, I would count the sort of the end of last year as a he made himself a really good case there.
0: Yeah, like I think he's just, he's <laughs> moving forward. You're like, all right, he's, I'm comfortable with him in the bottom six. Yep, wherever that may be, I don't know. And hopefully there's more upside. Like I hopefully continues. Maybe he's able to pot twenty in his career at some point, which would be
1: great.
2: Yes,
0: 20, twenty goals in the bottom six is unbelievable. If he becomes more of a power play guy too, by all means, it's awesome. Um. I guess what do you want to move move on to next? Would you rather go to the, like the the U23 rankings by Perronman or do you want to go um, athletic fan poll, the confidence rankings? Because um, that caused a lot of discourse. It was a few weeks ago, but I found it very interesting. I really don't know much about the discourse, to be honest with you. Oh, really? Okay. So I guess we'll start with that. So um, I don't know if you, you saw the front office rankings, right?
2: Yeah, wasn't Detroit like five or something like that? They were fourth or not third. They were no,
0: yes, they were third only behind Tampa and Colorado. And so this led to fans of other teams being like, Well, there's will the Red Wings suck, so why are they this high? And so it's just like, My question to you is, does Steve Eisman get too much credit right now?
2: Mm. Well, it depends. Like, are you going off fan base giving too much credit or media or media fan base? Because this was a fan poll, so we'll stick with fan base. I, I would say to to a some extent, maybe a little too much by fans. Um, but man, he's done a good job. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of like my point. Like
0: again, um, so so if we're gonna go by the rankings by by fan base, so the Red Wings ranked him second, Red Wing fans ranked him second, and then the league itself ranked him seventh. So like other fans overall average at seventh, which I kind of view closer to be more accurate. Like I kind of like that we had that to see where other teams fan bases feel about it. And I'm he's, like, seventh
2: is good. He's in the really interesting stage right now as you're turning the tables of your rebuild. Yep. So it's hard to judge right now. Yeah, I like, agree. And, and I get on, like the reason there's so much confidence is you basically turn a horrible situation, you just completely reset the tables, and now you have your pieces and you're just putting the puzzle together. Exactly. It was lost. Yep. And it had been lost for five years. Bad
0: contract after bad years. contract.
2: Yes. Aside from many, some people thinking
0: the Ben Cherrat contract is really bad, which I mean it's not ideal, but I don't, I wouldn't say it's bad. Um, Steve Eisman has nothing; like we have nothing tying us down anymore. No, this is fully his vision
2: now. I mean, the Brendan Perlini trade was horrendous. That's where it really gets me. Um, Some of those deals, Alec Regul. I I was going to say Alec Regul. I was going to start spitting out some trades that he did that were Air
0: Air Comrie for Vili Sariarvi. Oh yeah, that one. The massive trade. <laughs> if we would have waited, if we would have waited, uh Eric Comrie would have been a pretty decent backup. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I guess point point for um Eisman, even though we lost him to waivers. Yeah. So whatever. Again, joking. Um he, but of course, the guy who actually funny enough, this is our one year episode, and the guy who like really grinded my gears in the first place to start a podcast, the Kevin Bunch numbers on Twitter. He, like, had a lot to say, and was how, how Eisman's not a good GM. And, like, he said something about walking a lot. This is, again, this is two weeks ago. I wrote this down when I was a little bit upset with him two weeks ago. So, bear with me. Because I try to remember exactly what I was mad about. Um, he was saying that how Steve Eisman walked Dylan Larkin into unrestricted free agency, which, first of all, plainly simple, not true. He did not sign that contract. And the Red Wings were only able to start negotiating with Dylan Larkin a little over a month ago for a new contract. So obviously these things take a little more time than just pen to paper. Let's Let's get it. Yeah. So I'm, Anyone still worried about like that, like isn't saying, I know there was like a report going out that Anzer Khan thought that Dylan Larkin's asking for like $9 million, which I don't think onzer knows anything. No offense, but I don't, I don't think you're that connected. If, if Elliot Freeman said a while ago, that it was things were progressing. It was pretty close. I'm a little more confident than him. So, yeah. um, um that was Kevin Bunch of numbers. That's the guy. <clears throat> yes, he, he's, he revved my engine again. Yeah. He also said something about like how Steve Eisman's like, not a proven builder, which should be held against him. The, but then my question to you is, who in the NHL is a proven builder? Besides Joe Sackick, I can't name one if we're not counting Eisman. Yeah. So great, he ranks second. Because Julian yeah. Breeze was not a builder. He was a tinkerer. Did very good at it.
2: Yeah, very good tinkerer. That um, was that was a that was great. a Co and Co type build there with Breesaw yeah, and Isaac. And
0: again, great. Like, but like he's not done it himself, so therefore I can't. If we're going by the same parameters, I cannot judge him as such. Ken Holland. <laughs> yeah, again, good tinkerer. <laughs> he's a good tinkerer. I, I'll give him that. He's a good tinkerer. Kyle Dubas didn't didn't build uh, Don yeah. Sweeney and Brew and with the Bruins. No. Uh I'm trying to think of like other really good organizations around the NHL. Like I Brad Tree Living, I guess had some good draft picks in building, but then again, he's done some other questionable things. Yeah. I can't think of any I can't think of any like really good rebuild that has gone. Maybe LA right now. Like we throw um Rob Blake in the same situation as Steve Eisman. He's done a pretty good job. Yeah. But again, not proven. Not proven according, according to this guy. So again. The, your argument's kind of like void
2: because it's like no one else like no one else, really sits there. He just so has like, like this constant hate for the Red Wings, apparently.
0: Well, yeah, he was the same guy that said like Lucas Raymond is not that good before he even played an NHL game. And then Lucas Raymond proceeded to score
2: 57 points in his rookie year. Yeah. So good stuff. He still could be right about that. I mean, I guess if Lucas Raymond falls <laughs> off a cliff. Sure.
0: Sure. <laughs> I mean, fine um but yeah i thought that was a really interesting discourse and again probably fans definitely are We weird fans are biased was what yeah. we find we find out um but no eisman's done great like and we're in such a good position i'm very happy and also don't be worried about dylan larkin's contract just enjoy it right now i think it still happens relatively early i say it happens before the new year i know it's not really a hot take but i think it's gonna happen before the new year
2: i don't it's know i'm a, not a good guesser I know me either, but
0: like I think it happens and I think it's around eight and a half. It's my that's my guess. Mm. Um you gonna say something? No. No? Okay. Uh I guess to kind of finish up here. Uh Corey Proman also did his uh he also did he did his uh pipeline rankings and U twenty three rankings. The Red Wings ranked second in the pipeline, which is good to see. It's where we wanna be. Uh Buffalo is the only team that beat us out. Which I mean, if you look at their prospects, they're stacked. And especially yeah. this this last draft really helped them. So I mean that's that's good for them. Um but Red Wings ranked second and the U twenty three rankings. The Red Wings have a bunch of players. We have eight players make the um, top one hundred and seventy-five players uh under twenty-three. I don't know if I don't know if you read this or not. Uh yes. You did? So Moritz Sider comes in at second, which I know we've talked about like who we'd rather Jack Hughes or Moritz Sider. I mean, either way, like both great players. It's a horse apiece right now. Yeah. And they were in the same. So he does like the little like tier lists of which I kind of like you throw them into tiers versus trying to like rank them. Like this player is definitely better. He's saying this is a tier
2: and this is how I feel they're ranked in that tier. Right. Was just Hughes and uh, Sider in that tier? I think Quinn Hughes was also in that, I think, if I if I remember. Quinn Hughes correctly. was lower down. I think he
0: was, like, 9 or 10. No, he was 5 or 6. Raymond was 9, and he was in the uh, All-Stars. Because Zegers
2: was 3, right?
0: Zegers was 3, you You're right. I think
2: Zegers was in that same tier. Okay, because I, I I would be quick to jump on. Zegers should be in the same tier as Sider and Hughes. I, I just agree. don't know that he's I, – I like that top three, though. I would just find it as the well 20, 2019 draft.
0: Like, I think Svechnikov was the top of the all-star tier. I think he was seven. Svechnikov was first overall last year, right, on that list? Yeah, he fell off a little bit. Yeah. He hasn't really taken that next step to be, like, an elite player. He's just been very, very good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, But, yeah, Lucas Raymond starting off the NHL. Like, he's um, third on the NHL all-star list, which I agree with that. Top 10 is great for Lucas Raymond. Edmondson, top of the lineup um, tier list or the tier he was 32nd so again i kind of view him as a top of the lineup player not necessarily elite or all-star but he could get there uh bubble bubble top to middle was marco casper 67 couldn't agree more that's nope. exactly that's his range and then middle of the lineup players to starting goalies we had zadina at 80 soder 96 Valeno 122, Berggren 151, Costa 165. Yep. if we're comparing Costa to um, Wallsted, don't don't do that for me- your mental health. <laughs> Walstead was like in the 50s, yeah. So bit of a difference, but again, I, I would I probably rank Costa a little bit higher. Yeah, but again, personal personal opinion. Um, what I thought was interesting: the difference between like Soderblom and Berggren from 96 to 151. Yeah. I think that was an interest. That one caught my eye personally.
2: A lot of it has to do with just the appeal of Soderbloom. Yeah.
0: And he didn't mention like how bad is like, he, he like how like poor skating is compared to like NHL standards. But like, yeah, the way he's able to attack the middle of the ice, which is something Berggren still struggled to do. And also he's kind of like, he put um Bergen's compete level below NHL average. I saw which i mean i don't i don't know i haven't really seen enough
2: I, like i well the way i watch i thought Bergeron competed fine Average, it's just the kind of player he is he's um and i am so quick to say that i i'm i love his game to be honest with you i think it's the kind of game that he he showed a lot of good work getting into the middle this year in Grand Rapids, and in the prior year in S- Skeleta. But it was the year prior that he could not find the middle of the ice at all. And even, like, it's been progressing more and more each year. Mm-hmm. Um, I just look at Zadina in a kind of similar standpoint as he does not know how to get to the middle of the ice at all in the O zone. Right. The only difference with Bergeron and Zadina is Zadina has proven at each level that he can play on the perimeter. Yes, and and be very, very good on the perimeter. Zadina has not shown that. He barely showed that in the AHL. Yeah. I just think like it's like, I, I do see fans being like, all right,
0: get rid of Zadina, let's just throw Berggren right there, which I think that's unreal. Like, Zadina has shown he's an NHL player, and it's just like, you can't expect the same out of Burgerin right no. now until
2: he starts proving it a little more. No, they're completely different players. Um, yep. Albeit... The fact that I think they both rather play on the outside, just completely different play styles. Yep. Berggren is more offensive-minded in my eyes. Whereas Zadina's a pretty reliable two-way player.
0: Yeah, I would say so. Um, Especially the 2020-2021 season, he was great
2: two-way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Worst-case scenario, Berggren sits in the minors another year, and he plays with Elmer Soderblom. Oh, no. Or Cross Annas. I'm so sad. <laughs> yes. I'm so Pont- sad. I, I have what to drive. Pa- what about Pontus Andreessen? Or that. He's a guy that hasn't been talked about either. That's what
0: I'm saying. Maybe we throw him in the same <laughs> conversation as Albert <Aubrey laughs> Johansson, Yeah.
2: a sneaky, or sneaky same, guy. Same conversation as in Giovanni uh, Smith and Adam Ernie Smellia. We have a new 13th forward. He's the next Matthias Brome. Except better. Not as good looking, though. Not as good looking. That's yeah. true. That's yeah, tough. Not everyone can be. He's a nice, um, he's a nice blue collar boy, Pontus Sundgren. It's true. It's true. Um, that's kind of like all I
0: have in terms of like Red Wing news. I mean, I guess we can kind of talk about a couple things have happened since we last talked. Uh, considering just what happened right now, Tage Thompson signing a seven year contract worth over fifty million dollars. That was not on my bingo card for this year, but you know, we yeah, I don't know if it was ever on my bingo card. Okay, so I'm going to start with like the Buffalo fan perspective of Carson Gates. Carson Gates says, what a steal. I'm so happy. Ryan Fugue said in our group chat, he's like, good, good for the better Jack Eichel. And Carson said, three million less for a better player. Um, I, love, I love the enthusiasm, but he's not better than Jack Eichel. Um, but, oh man, it's so tough because I really like Tate Thompson. It's just a very risky contract. If he's to play to the same level he was last year, I think this is a fair deal. But this kind of gives me major Jeff
2: Skinner vibes. Man, um, I really like Tage Thompson. Um, Yes and no. I think he is so different breed when it comes to NHL players. There's nobody like him. That's where it kind of comes in, that Elmer. Mm-hmm. Sort of feel except a way better skater yes I think he's a tremendous player I do think there's a lot to prove yet that's where it gets a little fishy with me he's had one very very good season um, it's it could I think this could end up being a, a unbelievable deal for Buffalo and at worst case scenario I think it could be end up being an okay to bad deal yeah, I think the range of possibilities is pretty wide. Yes. I, I like. would say it more leans towards boom rather than bust deal.
1: Fair. Fair. I, think I, worst, so. I think I hope worst, so
2: too. Worst case scenario, he's a second line center for what I saw this year.
0: Yeah.
2: Every game he was near dominant. Yeah, that last season he was great.
0: He was so much fun offensively. And his shot is ridiculous. For, like, yeah. the, the length that he has and he's able to shoot, it's so much fun. And, again, I hope for, like, Buffalo fans because, like, I think they deserve good things. especially Not, like the, Except Kev, bunch of numbers. Yeah, he can. He actually, uh, to him, he this contract sucks, buddy. Yeah, you can eat one, bud. Yeah. Um, but, no, I, I definitely think that um, that this is really good for Tate Thompson, personally. This is awesome. And also, Buffalo gets an important piece like locked up. Like this is a guy like you can kind of see the core being built around, and they're finally committing to that guy. Like, hey, listen, like you're the guy, go be it, which I respect. You have Alex Tuck, who's you know again part of that. You have other guys coming in like Dylan Cousins, another important piece. You get so much in Buffalo, and I hope I hope it does work out. I hope it does not too well because again, Buffalo's in the same division,
2: which is tough. I hope they just make the playoffs a couple times. Other than that, I hope everything else
1: fails. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Buffalo this year kind of reminds me of Detroit last year. Mm, yeah,
0: maybe. Except, like, worse goal. Actually, no, goal pretty
2: similar. goal pretty bad in Buffalo, and Detroit's goal-tending wasn't that great either. No, Detroit's goal-tending on paper was a lot better than Buffalo's on paper. Yeah, probably. It was just bad last year. If looking back, it was bad. But if you look back on paper before that year started, you say that's a pretty decent to good tandem. Yes. Yeah. I think we were saying like it was like middle of the pack of the league. Yeah. Yeah. And it it was very much wasn't. Thomas Grice hadn't fallen off a cliff and Alex Adelkovich had never played that many games. (laughs) Did you see like his interview?
0: Speaking of Thomas Grice, you see his interview with. uh, uh, Rutherford of the Athletics saying, like, how he's gonna have a better, like, a bounce back year, and he's gonna be way better than he was in Detroit. No, maybe it was his agent. I think it was Thomas Grice's agent, actually. they was saying he'll see a much better, you won't see Detroit Grice in St. Louis. I'm like, okay, well, let's see.
2: Yeah, let's see. I hope so.
0: <laughs> I don't really care personally. Uh, Thomas Grice is whatever to me. I don't really care.
2: Yeah, he was very fun to watch at the end. Of the 2020 21 season. Yes. Where he was putting uh, up a 950. It was ridiculous to watch. Also,
0: he's like he has like the worst, like um, like the way he actually plays his like his like uh the way he stands is the most ridiculous thing ever. Yeah. Very silly. Um, I think he'll he he will look better in St. Louis though, I think as well. But I thought it was interesting. Um, yeah, Tage Thompson, like good for him. Happy for Buffalo fans that they get this. Um we also had last night too, Aiden Hill getting traded to Vegas, which I thought like I loved how um, Kelly McCrimmon four days earlier was like, "No, we're running with Brisson and Thompson. That's our goalies." Yeah, that was interesting.
2: He's an For interesting some reason, guy. I did not believe that at all.
0: Yeah, like I didn't really. I thought it was weird too, and I also like saw San Jose as a fit. Now, also, I questioned San Jose's decision to choose Hill as the goalie they trade. Yeah, because. I mean, obviously, you just trade for Kackinen, so you probably are committed to him. But like, James Reimer is how how old and unfortunate. Like again, unfortunately, like I like James Reimer a lot. I think he's a pretty good goalie. But do you really need that good? Like, I'd rather take a chance on the younger
2: goalie if I'm San Jose. Yeah, I don't know. Unless you just want a veteran presence with for you,
0: you just few Kackinen as a guy, I suppose. Maybe that's the
2: only thing I understand. Um, because I kind of like Aiden Hill personally. I haven't. Yeah. I kind of like him too.
0: I don't think like he's gonna be this great starter or anything, but he could be a 1B goalie. You know what I mean? This kind of just gives Vegas another option because again, Bruce was pretty bad last year. And then was atrocious. I would be running Thompson Hill. That'd be my that'd be my tandem. Yeah. Because Thompson was fantastic.
2: That's a hectic tandem, but it could be very hectic,
0: but very fun. And under Bruce Cassidy,
2: who's like brought in the best out of goalies. I don't know. It's yeah, pretty good. She's pretty good to me. And he's got a really good defensive core in front of Bruce Cassidy. Yep. The forwards kind of suck, but the forwards are not great. No.
0: No. Also, I did love like recently how much like on Twitter, how much fans online have turned on the Florida Panthers defense and how Florida is going to regress so bad and I I I've been, I was saying this right away. Florida's defense is bad.
2: Yeah. I
0: don't know if it's bad enough to regress. They are an Aaron Eckblad injury away from total chaos. I don't,
2: I don't think Aaron Eckblad's that good to begin with. I don't think
0: so either. I don't think so either, but I'm just saying, um, like, he's still a good defenseman.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I like their forward court too much to say that they're not making the playoffs this year. I did love like
0: the Paul Maurice things about how like players never really like d- like fully popped under Paul Maurice as well which is a very interesting fit in Florida when you had a bunch of guys like Verhage, Bennett, Duclair that all really popped off in Florida in their system and it's probably gonna be a whole new system how do they re- react to a new system
2: yeah one thing I do say about that I think Paul Maurice system with a Matthew Kachuk involved in it is very good <laughs> I agree they have he has players
0: that will complement his system better than a Mark Scheifele and Blake Wheeler did but, and it's
2: it's a it's in it's a question of who is put in what situation, right? Because I, I do think Sam Bennett can also be really good in that system, uh, that kind of system because he has edge and he can play defense. It's just I feel like he had limited opportunity in Calgary. It was almost he was always behind the eight ball with coaching staff and anything like that. That move for him in Florida just. It rejuvenated his whole career. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, Same and I think now that, yeah. he has the complete comfortability with like teammates and stuff.
0: I'm less concerned about him. I'm more so look looking at like a guy like um, Verhagie and. Declare. I'm not worried about Verhagie. I think he's already broken out. I'm worried about Declare. Yeah, and you lose a guy like that, and it's just like all of a sudden
2: your offense starts to change that much more. I think, like, when you're looking at that. Verhagey and Bennett were guys that both kind of broke out of a shell where well, I think Duclair goes back and forth between hiding in the shell to coming out of the shell. If that makes sense. I get it. Yeah. Cause Duclair you'll get the best out of him and you're like, man, that is fantastic. And then you have a coach like torts and you're like, where did Duclair go? <laughs> oh boy. Oh, where'd he go? Um, no, I I agree. Again, I still think Florida's back down to the Cleveland Monsters. Okay. (laughs) I'm just saying, I don't, I'm not scared of Florida. Um, no, I I like their, I like their goaltending tandem. I don't like how much they're, they're worth, but is it bad? Is it bad that I rank Detroit's defense fourth in the Atlantic division? Um, Tampa, Boston, and Toronto. Toronto. That's it. No,
0: but. Montreal's definitely last. Mike is yeah. your number one defenseman's bad. Then I go Buffalo. And then I go Florida. And then Ottawa. Is Buffalo's worse than Ottawa's and Florida's? Like not, It's not by a lot, but it's close.
2: I don't know that it is.
0: <laughs> Just to make my point even more, Florida's like six or seven.
2: It's really bad. I don't like Ottawa's either. I don't either. I'm pretty low on. Okay, let's compare Ottawa's to Buffalo's right now because I'm curious. Okay. Right now you have Shabbat. Yeah. Shabbat's the best defenseman out of both cores. I agree. But I'm quick to throw Dahleen in there as a close player. I would probably go, I'm going to be completely honest. And I'm sorry, Carson. I'm going to go Shabbat, Ekblad, then Dahleen out of those three. Yeah. And then you got. Who's Buffalo's number two? Is it going to be power right away? I would assume it's power. And then I who's assume. Ottawa's number two, Zub? Yes.
0: Yeah. I'd probably go Zub over Sanderson right now, just for safe. Yeah. I like Zub a lot. I think Zub's a I good. I think
2: Zub's very good.
0: I think Zub's a good 3-4 guy.
2: And I think Sanders, Sanderson I'm leery about right now, just jumping into the lineup. Yeah, I agree. So um, I go
0: Zub, and then Florida, your number two guys, Forsling. Yeah. Well, oh, I
2: would say Montour. Okay, Montour.
0: Either way, I'm still putting I'm putting both the other teams number twos over them.
2: I think Forsling is a guy. When you talk about regressing, regressing, he's gonna fall off a cliff this year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. Like, if if you can't defend, and also
0: Sergey Bobrovsky, Paul Maurice had the benefit of Connor or Connor Hellebuck, his whole tenure in Winnipeg. was a very, very good goalie, and people forget that because the Winnipeg Jets were kind of irrelevant. Sergey
2: Borovsky also is a very good goalie. (laughs) When he wants to be. I don't know. I
0: I think Florida, man. It's such an interesting... I wasn't expecting to go here like this long with it, but man, they're such an interesting team. And it's really bad when you compare Detroit's defense right now because I still think Detroit's defense is a long ways away, and I consider them fourth in the division. Yeah. Um... Anything else you want to talk about? Like I, I can't really think of anything else I'm missing. Not really, in terms of like news. There's still plenty of like big free agents out right now. Um, I think the Sam Steele bet was good for Minnesota. That's a good deal. Yeah, good deal for him. Good deal for the team. Uh, I mean, again, Evan Rodriguez still without a contract. The Phil Kessel deal at Vegas as well. Good deal for
2: Vegas. That was a really good deal. Also, it would be weird seeing Phil Kessel wearing number eight. I don't was know how some... I feel about. That. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, but it's a much needed deal for Vegas. They needed oh, something yes. up there.
0: <laughs> They needed some. They needed something to go along in the bottom. Well, I saw
2: stuff. a rumor that Paul Stastny declined a deal worth more money than he got from Carolina. Love it. That's hilarious. Paul Stastny's the man. Paul
0: Stastny. Oh, that was a great contract too. I don't think we, we didn't. We definitely didn't. No, talk about that, that was either. a really
2: good contract.
0: Yeah, that and um, oh, we didn't talk about and Kadri. I don't think either. <laughs> Yeah, that's how long ago that was, and yeah, very. Um, Calgary's just committed for the next three years. Or right, this is our window, which as they should be. The back half of that awesome college deal is going to be bad,
2: but hey, good for good for him. I'm yeah. happy for Nas. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. good. For,
0: I'm and also I, I think Calgary's a good team. Calgary's got better.
2: They're a good team this
0: year. Yes, good team this year. Probably next year. After that, big question mark. My question is, you gotta get you gotta sign Mackenzie Weeger long term. Have fun, yeah. It's gonna cost you a pretty penny, it's gonna be eight mil.
2: Yeah, I'm just they have some prospects that are really interesting. LGA? yeah, Zari, yeah, they got some Zari, yeah, good, good, and then they have uh Dustin Wolf, Dustin Wolf. Throughout this whole process of aging so badly, would it have been better to just completely tank your team for a couple of years and just restart
0: yes and no but like also it's kind of tough because then they were in this situation where there's gonna be this starting this um it's kind of like columbus a few years ago where players didn't want to sign long term in calgary and if you if you just commit to all right nobody wants to sign long term with us what was me then you kind of create that culture and then players are brought up in that culture so i i personally i think i'm I sided more so with tree living and this is okay. the movie you should have made. And I still think like if, as long as they kind of value their first round picks a little bit, I mean, obviously they didn't, they trade. No, they haven't traded. They ga- they, gained they, one they gave
2: away the Florida one. Oh, like, did they?
0: The model. Oh, like, yeah. oh, right. Right. That's still, again, that's different though. You're that's different. They are. still have theirs. Yeah. They still have theirs. And, it's probably a safe bet to actually. I don't know. That after a conversation, I don't know which I think Calgary's probably be worth more. I, I probably would try to get rid of Calgary's personally, but I mean, maybe Montreal pushed for Florida's. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, there was a ton of conditions on that pick too. There Wasn't is, 20, was it? Wasn't twi- it? Yeah, it was insane. I didn't even look at it all of it. I didn't care yeah. enough. It was like the you know like the meme that's like the I forgot which game. It's like two coaches like watching a screen and the guy throwing off his headset. Like in disgust, yeah. That's like me. I was like me looking at that. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, That was gross. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out when it gets when it happens. Um, but yeah, Calgary's definitely. They're a good team. They're a good team for sure. Um, but yeah, it's probably gonna wrap this episode up unless you got anything else. Yeah. Um, yeah, still TBD on what our next couple of weeks look like. But I mean, training ca- our uh, prospect camp starts in two weeks.
2: Ooh, yeah
0: holy i know finally and then we're back i've been, a week. i've been stuck on all my football stuff right now i've been
2: <laughs> oh actually that's what i wanted to talk about with you hard knocks oh my gosh how we feeling um really good i love this team i'm
0: so fun hey i'm i'm dude, dan campbell's the man i i I, I, t- I texted you this but i'm gonna say this on the podcast dan campbell's the john tortorella of the nfl
2: Yes, that's why I
0: love. That's why I love him so much. He's so emotional, and he's like so like. I hate analytics. You know, you know what wins games? Grit. (laughs) And John Totorella. If you even mentioned, of course, he did. John Totorella, He will keep you out of the media availability.
2: And I love like the assistant coaches too. Like, oh my god, the uh, one, uh, Calvin Shepard,
0: the the running back coach.
2: Oh, Deuce Daly. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. He's awesome. I love Calvin Shepard, the linebacker coach. He's oh yeah, Oh
0: yeah, with the because the second episode was kind of uh uh wrapped around that um, free agent linebacker that's doing really well, the rookie or no, he was a six round no, pick,
2: six round pick,
0: yeah, Rod- Rodrigo. Oh my, he guys an animal. He's a beast. It was unbelievable, and then yeah. and then it was also like the the um the third was it the third episode with the co practice with the Colts. Yep. And it was um what's his, Jamal Williams going at it with oh all gosh. their players? He's hilarious. And then the running back coach lost his voice.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that was hilarious. I like the Ahmad Ra St. Brown stuff in the second episode. That was a great story because he's filthy.
0: Or no, he was the story writer's
2: his brother in prison.
0: No, that's Craig Reynolds. That's Craig Reynolds. Okay, I like Craig, that story. Craig I Reynolds.
2: I don't know if you follow like how much you followed, but they just announced no. their fifty-three man roster. Craig Reynolds did make the team. Let's go. I know I was pumped. I loved him last year. I don't know if you know a whole lot about his story. I still don't know a whole lot. I don't really either. Basically, he hadn't been signed or anything. And then the Lions just like basically picked him up off his couch while he was watching Netflix. So yeah, I'll call him Netflix because That's he was doing awesome. nothing, watching Netflix. I signed awesome. him. And then like one of the first times he introduced himself to everybody was his first play. He walked into the huddle and he's like, "Yeah, I'm Craig Reynolds or whatever," because <laughs> he had so many injuries. <laughs> that's
0: awesome. That's good yeah. stuff. No, I'm definitely I'm as a Lions fan. It's been a while since I've been pretty excited for uh, a season. Um. Yeah. Again, I we'll, probably, say, we'll probably we'll probably we'll probably only win six games, but that's fine.
2: Yeah, last year was the first year that I think I watched every game in a while. Because yeah. I, I used to be, I used to love watching every game well
0: when we were young and matt stafford and calvin johnson were a thing
2: it was that was it didn't even matter if they won or lost they'd be just fun to watch themselves yeah
0: stafford would throw 400 yards and calvin johnson would have three three touchdowns and they'd still lose like 41
2: to 38 in the last couple years i would tune into a game every once in a while and then last year i watched literally every game but one Mm -hmm. and i i Like the team so much because of Dan Campbell and how hard they worked basically
0: and again again, it's like kind of like with a rebuilding team it's if as long as they're trying like you you learn to love them yeah which is
2: like the Red Wings the last season like the end of last season I'm like this sucks yeah you suck it's just different between hockey and football for us right because yes we love the sport so much where as football we were never as attached to it Mm. so you just don't sit through all the pain as you do yeah. with hockey, um, I'm gonna get on my
0: I'm gonna get on my Premier League kick right now. But uh, Chelsea's really disappointing me right now. Really, oh on gosh. the season. Did you see Tuchel? Did you see Tuchel's comments today? No, we're too easy to play. We're too easy to play against. Well, whose fault is that, dude? Yeah, who's in charge of that? Because oh we, we lost, we lost two one to Southampton today.
2: <laughs> and <laughs> and never 0 to Leeds to Did you see the video of
0: Pulisic just walking off the field without saluting the fans? No, that was bad. Polisic. today? Out. Yes, he. Everyone else was standing out there, Policy just walked out the field. He's really pissed right now. He wants out. Yeah, I know that. And basically, basically, uh, the owner, Bowley, said, You're not leaving.
2: Yeah, because they probably just want him for like because he's from the US. He's
0: yeah, he's good.
2: He's a good Chelsea player. gets so much attention from the the US. Yeah. From the US because of Pulisic. Yep. But I mean I don't that's know, good. like Leeds like Mount has been terrible this year.
0: Uh do you see the sad about Havertz and Mount? Five uh, games, no. zeros across the board for both oh of them. Oh my gosh, tough. And Kai Havertz is like the highest paid player on the team. Yeah,
2: Sterling has been fun, but yeah, other than that, like...
0: it's tough. The team. What a sh- <laughs> Sorry for the the non hockey talk to finish off this episode, but yeah, I, yeah, again, it's the off season. It's the off season, but I can I can wrap it up here. Uh, yeah, thank you for tuning in. One year, can't believe, can't believe it's been one year. Excited for what the next year brings and. Hopefully, maybe we start uh, getting some bigger guests on as we're as we're all starting to get a little more comfortable behind a microphone, like like Wayne Gretzky
2: or something like that.
0: Well, I don't want him. He Uh-oh. turned down. He turned down a trade to Detroit. So I have no. I have no interest. Now I got a couple guys in mind that I would. I'd love to, but it's a very small list. I don't want to just interview anyone. So, but yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in. Um, make sure to check out Inside the Rink. Uh, we got our um, glossary for. Um, analytics up now which is kind of exciting our cap profiles are up being updated every week um check us out on twitter at tpl pod uh make sure you subscribe on apple Podcasts and leave a review that helps us big time but yeah thank you for
1: tuning in